Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. Well, now that it's summertime, we are going to be jumping into our Firetime Magazine Rapid Reactions. And basically, while we get ready for the upcoming season of the podcast, which is going to start the Tuesday after Labor Day, we're going to spend the summer having the same rhythm for each podcast episode. And basically, what's going to happen is we're going to listen to a Firetime Magazine audio article together, and then I'm going to jump on and give rapid reaction thoughts to it. And the reason that we started doing this is we used to take a break in between our seasons with the podcast, and we were trying to find ways to still have regular content that was high quality. And and basically, as soon as the magazine came out and we started doing audio articles, I personally was just transformed by these articles. I, I cannot believe the quality of them and what I learned. And we felt like we wanted to share that with more people. So these are really, really fun to do. Now, if you haven't heard about the Firetime Magazine yet, it's really easy to get this content every month. You can go to the app store of your Apple or Android device and just type in the Firetime Magazine, or you can subscribe to our sister podcast, the Firetime Magazine podcast. There'll be a link to it in the show notes, but basically wherever you listen to podcasts, if you type in the Firetime Magazine, it'll pop up and every single month you can listen to these articles. So in today's episode, we are going to listen to an article from April of 2022 by Heather Hockenberry, and it's called Consultative Sales from the Buyer's Perspective. So let's jump into it. I'll listen to it in real time and then give you my rapid reaction. Consultative Sales from the Buyer's Perspective by Heather Hockenberry. Have you ever considered what it's like to go through the consultative sales process from the buyer's perspective? If so, wouldn't that make it more of a buying process rather than a sales process? What then would be the role of a salesperson if the buyer is in control and making all the decisions at every point in the process? Before answering these questions, let's clarify several points. What is consultative sales and how important is it? First, a consultative sales approach may be appropriate for organizations, B2B, as well as individuals, B2C. But for now, we'll focus on organizational sales. Second, we are referring to a consultative sale versus a transactional sale. In transactional sales, the buyer is focused on the product or service and its price and features. Of course, availability is a factor as well. For example, the retail sales process often involves a transactional process in which the buyer chooses the product they want, takes it to the register, and the cashier rings up their order and accepts payment. Note that there are exceptions to this rule when retail sales transcends mere transactions. In consultative sales, buyers are focused on value and not primarily on your product or service, nor its features or price. Value considers gain to be realized by your products or service and how this benefits the company as well as the individual buyer, then compares this to the costs associated with receiving these gains. Third, effective consultative salespeople should follow a process. Being personable, good-looking, and intelligent won't necessarily guarantee success in sales. The process followed should closely mirror the process a buyer goes through when making a buying decision. 
Fourth, every business is involved in sales, even if they don't realize it or have a dedicated sales force. In order to operate, all companies have plans and activities that enable them to perform in several major functional areas. For the sake of discussion, here are some basic definitions. Marketing, you and your products and services becoming known to your prospects. Sales, helping prospects become customers by deciding to buy your product or service. Delivery, delivering what was promised to customers during marketing and sales. And support, supporting the marketing, sales, and delivery of products or services to customers. As you can see, sales is one of the four major functional areas in a business, whether we do it well or not. As with all four major areas of the business, the better we plan and perform the sales function, the better the outcomes will be. The buyer's perspective and consultative sales response. Some of today's sales training includes a series of steps to take and certain tactics to use in order to convince a prospect to buy something they may or may not want. There's certainly a merit to following a process and skill definitely helps the conversation flow smoothly. However, if your product or service has the potential to add value to the prospect of their company, there's no need to convince them to buy something. So if most qualified buyers are sincerely interested in adding value to their organizations and benefiting personally in the process, what's their perspective and how should consultative sales mesh with that viewpoint? The buyer's perspective. The process begins with an introduction. The potential buyer gets an opportunity to meet you as the salesperson. They're getting their first impression of you, assessing your appearance, demeanor, confidence level, professionalism, communication style, personality, and so on. Within a matter of seconds, they've decided whether they like you enough to continue with the conversation or not. If so, the conversation continues. If not, they may be too kind to end the meeting abruptly, but their enthusiasm level will certainly fall sharply if their first impression is not favorable. Consultative sales response. Although this may be the first time meeting this prospect and you have not yet introduced your company or its products and services, the sales process and your prospective buyer's decision-making process has already begun. The truth is, they're not going to buy whatever you're selling until they buy you. That begins with the introduction, which is why you must make a good first impression. The Buyer's Perspective Assuming the potential buyer's first impression of you is favorable, the process continues with the prospect forming an opinion of you and the company you represent. Consciously or not, they will judge your communication style, your sincerity, your openness and honesty, your trustworthiness, your representation of the company and its products and services. They will also judge whether you waste too much time with small talk, whether you ask good questions, whether you listen, whether you care about them, and so on. Prospects are people, and people tend to do business with other people they like and trust. Consultative Sales Response Developing a good rapport with your prospect after the introduction will determine whether they trust you enough to answer any additional questions. You must gain the prospect's interest and earn their trust in order to continue asking questions, moving the meeting forward. Otherwise, you won't have an opportunity to learn enough about their situation in order to know if your product or service will add value to them. The Buyer's Perspective If the introduction went well and the prospect thinks favorably of you and has learned to trust you, then they'll likely be expecting questions from you about their company and its situation. If they believe you genuinely care, they'll likely anticipate questions about how the organizational situation affects them personally. By answering such questions, the prospect will feel understood getting more confidence that you will be able to recommend appropriate next steps in their company's best interest and for themselves. Consultative Sales Response Learning about the situation within your prospect's company and their needs, as well as your prospect's personal wants, will require their trust in you. It will also require you to ask good questions to uncover these things and to listen carefully and empathetically to their answers. Learn to ask good questions and listen well so that you can discover the real situation. 
gain an understanding of the company's true needs, and appreciate the impact these things have on your buyer individually and personally. The Buyer's Perspective By this time in the process, the prospect expects to receive your recommendations and is looking forward to the potential value those recommendations represent for them and their company. They will want to know and understand the benefits of doing business with you and even the consequences of not doing so. They are more interested in the value that you can deliver and less so in your products and services, their features and prices. In fact, if the process has gone well up to this point, your prospect is looking forward to not only hearing your recommendations, but to doing business with you. Even if obstacles exist in the mind of the buyer, assuming your recommendations will actually add value, they're hoping you'll help them get past such barriers. Buyers don't expect to be sold with hard closes. Rather, they're anticipating making final decisions and giving their commitment to working with you and your company as a natural part of the conversation with you. Consultative Sales Response Whether your process includes a formal proposal or not, you must enter such a conversation with solid recommendations already in mind. You must address the needs of your prospect's company, being able to demonstrate the value proposed, preferably while simultaneously satisfying what they may personally want to accomplish as well. Anticipate obstacles and understand you're in the process of becoming a valued team member, expected to help overcome such barriers to moving forward. Once the buyer makes the final decision to work with you, help create a smooth transition to project implementation. The Buyer's Perspective Once the prospect commits to doing business with you, they expect you and your company to deliver what has been promised, whether that promise is formalized in writing or verbally stated. Since you're the person they've learned to like and trust, they expect you to continue looking out for their best interests, serving as their advocate throughout the delivery of your company's products and services. If the project goes well and the outcome is what they expected, they'll look forward to the possibility of continuing to work with you as opportunities arise. They may also be interested in telling their friends about you and your company. Consultative Sales Response Don't sell and run, disappearing after signatures are affixed to the contract. The consultative sales process does not end when the prospect agrees to your recommendation, commits to doing business with you, and becomes a customer. On the contrary, this is just the beginning of a new, enjoyable, and rewarding professional relationship, resulting in repeat business and referrals to other potential buyers who can assist through their unique buying process. The Consultative Salesperson's Role To summarize, assuming that your product or service has the potential to add real value to prospective customers and the buying process is not merely a simple transaction, the salesperson's role in the consultative sales process is to assist the prospective buyer in their decision-making process. Since the buyer is in control of their own thoughts and decisions and has no intention of being manipulated, the salesperson may guide the conversation at times, but not for the purpose of convincing the prospect to do something not in their best interest. Rather, the consultative salesperson's role is to help the buyer make a wise buying decision that will meet the needs within their organization by adding real value while benefiting them individually and personally in the process. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that article. I thought it was awesome and I took quite a few notes as I was listening to it as well. And just jumping right into it, right? I mean, this whole idea of consultative sales is incredibly important. And and frankly, it's the missing link whenever I do secret shopping. I mean, as I record this, I, I recently did some secret shopping on the East Coast and I went to a number of retailers and not one person acted like a consultant, like they were interested in understanding my situation and helping me. And, and frankly, this is what I see quite a bit is that we're not taught this approach of consultative sales. We're taught to ask probing questions and recite clearances and, and information and facts about fireplaces, but we're not taught 
to be a customer's advocate and consultant. So I think this is a really, really good article to be thinking about. Okay, so a couple things that I've got written down here. You know, number one, just this idea of transactional versus consultative. And this is, you know, it's so true. Like in our industry, we we pride ourselves on you know, we're not the big box stores, we're brick and mortar, we're here for our customers, but we treat the customer transactionally, right? We don't get to know them. We don't ask the right questions about their project. We don't follow through with every single thing we say we're going to do. And very often companies either run and hide or they never contact the customer again after the sale. And that is a transactional sale. It's not consultative. So I think that that distinction is really important that if, if we say and believe like, no, like we're not leaving as soon as this thing's over, let's put our money where our mouth is and actually build this process. Okay, so I want to jump in and talk about first impressions. So Heather mentioned this briefly in the article, but but it's the truth that you know, you've got one chance to make a first impression. And again, think about like when a customer walks into your store and they're going to drop five to $15,000. What happens when they walk in? What's the showroom look like? Is it cluttered? Is it dirty? Does someone get up right away and say, hey, how are you doing? Thanks so much for coming in. And they're genuinely excited. Or does a team member glance up from their big stack of papers and say, be with you in a minute. Just take a look around for now. I mean, I see this all the time. You know, Heather nailed it when she said that customers are often too kind to end the meeting. I, I will tell you that in many situations I've seen, customers very early on write off the company or the salesperson, but they hang out for another five to 10 minutes just looking for a way out. And many salespeople can't get the hint. And once a customer's written you off, you're not going to gain that momentum back. I mean, I've had this happen myself in different situations where either a salesperson doesn't know enough, they don't ask the right questions, they make me feel weird or awkward. And and I'm never rude, but in my mind, I write the company off and I think, okay, I just got to, you know, smile, nod my head and just get out of here as quick as I can. And this happens a lot in our industry. I was actually witnessing this a couple weeks back when I was in a showroom where these customers had very clearly written off the salesperson, but the salesperson didn't get the hint and they were just pushing and pushing and pushing information that was not relevant to the customers. You know, as, as we think about it, the way that we can become a consultant for the clients coming into our stores is truly, it's step two of our sales process. If you've heard us talk about this in the podcast before, it's understand their problem. And to give you an example, I'm just, I'm just flying through this off the top of my head, but when a customer comes into a showroom, truly, you know, after we greet them and they tell us, hey, you know, we're in here looking at gas fireplaces, we need to say something to this effect. Hey, that's great. Well, thanks so much for coming in. And as you can see, we've got a lot of gas fireplaces on display. And just so that you know, not every fireplace works for every situation that a client has. And so if it's okay, I'd love to sit down and just ask you a few questions about your project. So that way we can make sure to show you something that's going to be a really good fit. How does that sound? Okay, perfect. Well, you know, why don't we have a seat over here? Okay, cool. Now, do you mind if I take some notes just so that way I can stay on the same page and you know not miss anything in our conversation? Okay, great. Well, can you tell me a little bit about your space? And just listen. 
Oh, okay. So where do you want this fireplace to go in your room? Oh, okay. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Now, when this is all said and done, what are you hoping that this fireplace does for you? Got it. Okay. Now, as you've looked around, have you seen anything so far that you've liked? Okay, perfect. Well, we'll make sure to note that so that we can we can make sure the the fireplace that we show you has that included with it. Okay, now I want to ask you a few questions about the room, if that's all right. Now, where this fireplace is going to go is not an inside wall or an outside wall in the house. Okay, it's on an outside wall. Perfect. Now, you mentioned that this fireplace that you have currently burns wood. Is that correct? Okay, can you tell me a little bit more about it? Okay, guys, now, like, we could keep going and going and going, but I'm telling you, like, we just scratched the surface. Like, this is probably one quarter of the questions that I want to ask a customer. And, you know, as I'm doing this on the podcast, it's obviously off the top of my head and I'm going quickly, but when you approach it this way, being gracious, affirming, oh, that's great. Okay, awesome. I'll make a note about that. Okay, now, do you mind if I ask you about this? When you are excited about helping the customer, they will let you ask all the questions you want as long as they feel like these questions will help you show them the right fireplace. So this idea of understanding the customer's problem, I believe it's the most neglected part of the sales process. And truly, in all my secret shopping, I have never had an experience where a salesperson has has done this to me. Now, I, I've seen it done in showrooms. These are showrooms that specifically train to it, and I can't secret shop them because they know who I am. So I've seen this done, and it's incredibly effective. But in the secret shopping work that, that I've done, it just it hasn't happened. So, you know, thinking about this consultative approach to sales means our team must take the time to understand the customer's problem. And again, you know, people say, well, I'm busy. You don't understand how many customers I have in the showroom. And honestly, I don't care. Like, I don't care. I am okay with four customers waiting for 20 minutes to get helped so that you can help the one in front of you correctly. Now, I get that that's not ideal and and I don't like it. But if I got to choose between helping four people halfway and it's not effective for any of them or helping one customer completely all the way through, I'll I'll pick that second one all the time, right? And there's ways, even as you're doing this, that you can stop to grab a brochure, you can greet another customer, point them in a direction, but I really believe this slow is fast approach is what sets the groundwork for everything in the sale. Okay, final thought is when Heather talked about expectations of the customer, they expect you to do what you promised regardless of if it was written down or not. You know, just a final thought here is is I really believe, and this is something actually that me and Grant talked quite a bit in the Firetime workshop that we did earlier this year in Seattle, is there's always unset expectations unless you document it. So when you're talking to a customer, very often they remember parts of the information, not all of it, especially when it comes to the installation. If if two months or three months has passed since their initial time in the showroom, there's just things that they don't remember. And it is imperative that we document the work we're going to do in their house, right? If the fireplace doesn't come with a remote control, document it. Document the labor that's going to be performed in their house and have the customer sign it. And this way, the expectations are written. So 
it doesn't mean that there's not still problems that come up, but if you have clearly documented the expectations for the job, you've gone over it with the customer and they've signed for it, I'm telling you, 95% of the problems of, well, wait a minute, they said this would come with it, or I, I thought you guys were doing this. Hey, can you just take care of this while you're out here? You know, 95% of that goes away, and it's really, really powerful. So this is an amazing article by Heather, and you know, I, I recommend listening to it again. These are just some of the rapid reaction thoughts that, that I had as I listened to it in real time. Now, if this podcast has been a blessing for you and you want to support it financially, you can do that by going to the website patreon.com slash it's fire time. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash it's fire time. And we absolutely appreciate, I mean, all the contributions that we get from people across North America. We operate on a shoestring budget and, and it means the world that you you believe in this enough to contribute. So so thank you for that. Now as you go out this week, you know, I want you to just write down one thing that you're going to change in your company's sales process to make it more consultative. This is powerful. And if you can put something in place this week, you're going to start to build momentum that once we get to the busy season or the payoff season, as Grant likes to call it, you'll see a monstrous return on that. So hope you guys have an amazing rest of the week. We'll come back next week with another rapid reaction episode. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time. All in to burn in-